0: Hi, and welcome to Over the Barrel, the Sun-Times Media local beer podcast. I'm Ben Meyerson. I'm Charles Berman. And I'm Rich Bird. Uh, today we're going to talk about Dark Lord Day, the massive beer event that happens every year in Munster, Indiana at Three Floyds Brewing. Uh, we all went out there this past Saturday, and uh, our experiences varied a little bit. Um, it was the first time for Charles and myself, but uh, Rich Bird is a longtime veteran, so uh I guess I'll start off with Charles. He's got some strong opinions here. I wrote a piece about this for the Sun Times over the weekend. Charles, what was what did you make of the of the whole thing? Well, I I don't want to typecast myself as the contrarian of the group, but
1: um, I guess I am in this case. Um, you know, the Dark Lord. I, I do think it was worth the fifteen dollars. Um, and the Dark Lord is a Russian Imperial Stout. It's released only only the one day of the year, the Dark Lord Day, and it was a great beer. It, it, the individual beer is worth the $15 and I suggest that every beer fan tries it. However, I wouldn't wait in two hours, a two hour line ever again for this (laughs) beer. And I would, I would approach the event differently, um, than what I considered the festival of lines. Um, but, uh, you know, if you do it and you focus on the beer, sharing beers with people, enjoying the crowd, enjoying the day, that's what really makes Dark Lord Day just a cultural phenomenon.
0: Just running over some of the basics. There was, I think it was, it was eight to ten thousand people were there. They had a mm-hmm. stage of metal bands going all day. Um, lots of food trucks. There was a coffee tent that was selling limited edition uh, mugs and uh, barrel aged coffee. <laughs> some some uh, some interesting things. Um, There's some really good food too. And, and if the lines weren't
2: so crazy, I think I
0: really would have enjoyed
2: trying some more of that. Uh, there was an Alpha King braised sausage with duck confit on it that I would have paid the admission price just to get in and try. It was it was really good stuff.
1: I waited in line for the chicken and waffle sandwich, but by the time I got to the front of said line, it was now a hamburger because they sold out. <laughs> but uh, so that was sort of the uh, the the theme of my day. Um, but you know again, going back to what ben said it's all outdoors um, it didn't help that it was a pretty chilly day um, and it's 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 around the three floyd's facility it's there's a field there 's parking lots there's several buildings and um definitely great people watching um, a lot of beards, a lot of uh big men, a lot of (laughs) shaved heads, Um, you could definitely, uh, you know, guess a little bit of it. And then there's a big tent where people are hanging out. People are lugging cases of Three Floyds. um, You know, they're they're other regular beers that people were able to grab while there. Zombie dust. When we walked in, it was cases of zombie dust being carted
2: out to the parking lots. One guy actually had one of those big... It's like a 55-gallon um, tote that you use to put your lawn clippings and stuff in, and I'm assuming it was full of beer because he was having a hard time dragging it down the street. Was it
0: attached to a lawnmower?
2: No, no, he was just dragging it, so I, I assumed he was, you know, schlepping beer because all his buddies were, that's for sure. And they would all been through the lines. They had the, the telltale, you know, blue-purple bottles, so... Mm.
1: I, I talked to somebody that drove five and a half hours from Columbus, Ohio. They brought back um, an impressive haul of beer. I found somebody for my for the Sun Times story that was from Hattiesburg, Mississippi, Brett Favre's hometown. Uh, he was proud to share. Um, <laughs> and so, I mean, it is a draw. Three Floyds is probably Chicago Chicago area's most popular craft brewer. It may be probably the most successful as well. And um, Goose Island. Well, Goose Island, I, I th- see, that's I think, is a topic. I think Three Floyds is reaching the commercial level of Goose Island that might set it back at some point. Because once you reach that no longer um, sort of hip, independent nature and you become what I think 10,000 – People Festival is, I think you're, now you're almost Goose Island.
0: But they don't have the kind of capacity that Goose Island has. Goose Island, uh, I mean, they ran out of capacity in the Chicago brewery, but I mean, you could find Goose Island on the shelves. You still can't find three Floyds on the shelves. You can't find a six-pack of zombie dust if you don't get to the store that has it within uh, like three hours of it hitting the shelves. Bombers maybe at some places, but... It's no secret, though, that they're expanding. And
2: and the stories have come out recently about, and if you went to the festival, you realized there was suddenly a lot more real estate to be tromping around than there used to be a few years ago. Um, They had an entire second building just for sales that were non-Dark Lord. Um, So I think they're planning on doing a lot more with that space. They've talked for years about expanding and starting a a Chicago brewing line. I don't know what the logistics are with that and being in two different states, but I don't think it's going to be too long before they do start making more beers readily available in places.
1: Yeah. I think world domination is, is their goal. It's no longer just the craft beer community, um, and celebrating that. And that's the vibe I got at the event is, um, you know, they were raking in money hand over fist and there's nothing wrong with that. And, um, you know, they've created a product and a following that's afforded them that opportunity. But, um, but I, I just think they've sort of turned the corner into uh into something else. And you know, and don't get me wrong, whenever I see gumball head or zombie dust on a shelf in a liquor store, I've been grabbing it. Um I don't let those uh those go by. But,
0: you know, I'm rethinking it a little bit maybe going forward. So are you saying you're gonna start uh boycotting three floods then because you waited in line for three hours? <laughs> I've, i I boycotted Boy, the power man do it <laughs> I've boycotted for less,
1: I think um, <laughs> but um you know one thing that you know run me the wrong way was they had scratch off tickets while in line to the two hour plus line to get your dark Lord stouts and they gave you a scratch off ticket once you once you got to the front and you were either a winner or a loser, and the winners didn't win anything except the opportunity. To buy a fifty dollar version of their <laughs> dark Lord and uh, just something about you know I give giving awarding someone the opportunity to spend more of their money just just rub me the wrong way although I've heard that that beer is awesome it sells for more than fifty dollars on eBay it's worth two hundred three hundred and if it's years old maybe even more um, so you know the market's there and um, I Don't blame them or blame anyone for wanting to try it. Well, pardon the bad pun here, so I'll be the devil's advocate
2: in this one. (laughs) There's a reason they do this golden ticket thing. And basically, if you gave everybody free reign to buy any of those barrel-aged variants the minute you walked in, only the people in that first group would have them, and they would all buy them, and there would be nothing from, like, 10.30 on, which would really, you know, get some people cheesed off. Just the people who had general admission tickets and couldn't even buy the the Dark Lord itself were already cheesed off. Sure. Um, so I think they've they found a way to sort of just make it a random occurrence throughout. Um, I, I don't know how what the logistics are of putting together those tickets, but uh, it seemed to me that people were getting them from, from groups all the way through mine, and I'm guessing, because yeah. I mean, you were in one of the later groups, right? Yeah, yeah, I
0: was in the last group. I probably, you know, by the time I got it, I got in line at, Six fifteen. Finally, bought my beer about eight fifteen. Everybody still gets a ticket. It's basically just a receipt that says you are entitled to beer. Right. Um, you know, but the impression I got was that they still have bottles throughout. They must distribute it evenly um, and make sure they only give out a certain number, and that there's a certain number of beers available per group that gets in there. Um, I, and I don't know, Charles. You know, I, I just feel like it's an admission on their level of the actual value of it. Um, Three Floyds.
2: Yeah, we've talked yeah. about this—the fifty-dollar yeah. beer versus the fifteen. Right. The, the fifteen, I think they're being pretty generous to folks and not yeah. going too crazy with it because they can sell that for a lot more. Oh yeah, and, they mean. probably do. The barrelage variants—that's just you know you're getting into crazy territory at that point because people are buying things just because they know it's so limited.
1: Right. There's only one barrel, maybe um, or definitely limited amount of barrels of those. And and like I said at the beginning, it's the 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 four bombers of the Russian Imperial Stout that I took home are. No doubt worthy of a fifteen dollar charge. That that price is not out of line. That's what you're paying on the shelves for um, for most bombers, or you know, that's I high would, end of bombers. But I would is,
2: venture to say less, based yeah. on
1: the fact that it's a fifteen percent ABV. This that's is a, it's a big
2: beer, and it's a special one day release. It's a special one day release. Um, yeah, you could pay a lot more for that when you start looking. even at the the short end of the the barrelage stuff and the high end of just the straight up. Um, Russian Imperial Stouts, a lot of people are making them now. they become much more popular, mm-hmm. and I, I think it's in no
0: small part to um, to Three Floyds. Yeah. But go ahead, I'm sorry. I say, someone I was hanging out with got a golden ticket uh, earlier in the day, and I was sitting around, and she got offered $200, 250 for her bottle multiple times throughout the day. Yeah. And she's like, well, somebody offered me $400 if I sold it to him in a year. Like, <laughs> Which, of course, you know. <laughs> Good luck good luck trying to cash in on that. But I mean, the beer nerds that come out to this are insane and they have seemingly endless money to spend on this stuff. I mean, I thought I was a beer nerd, but these guys just rolling out the brews from Oklahoma, Kansas. You know, there's stuff from like rare brews like Plant to the Elder from California stuff. I had and this guy's like, Oh, have you heard of this? Have you ever heard of this one? It's kind of like this one.
2: It's like so there was Hetty Topper, Alchemist, there. Yeah, all the, the good stuff was there, and a lot of great yeah. stuff that you know you have a hard time finding even in the city. That's like mm-hmm. the Goose Island proprietor stuff. Mm-hmm. I had a guy in front of uh, me in line while we were actually waiting for Dark Lord pulled that thing out. I'd never even seen one. I'd heard about it, but I'd never <laughs> seen one. And he just popped the top, and you know it was free flowing. Yeah, yeah. that was part, my favorite part. But Charles can speak to that too.
1: So I was in line in the guest draft line. Um, Another thirty to forty five minute
0: line. And <laughs> this is where this is what they're where three floods is pouring beers fresh.
1: Yes. Um so not only can you bring your own beers, buy their beers, but you can try there's tent there was tents along the the grounds there that you know sold their beers and guest beers. Um so I'm in line and um probably I would say, 30 to 50 people deep. And you see the chalkboard changing of what's available. Um, it's constantly rotating. Um, it's going so fast that, you know, that you, by the, when I was in line 30 people back, those beers weren't available when I got to the front. So I'm getting about 10 people away, and they write vanilla bean, dark lord stout. And I've never seen smiles so big. I thought people were celebrating the birth of first child, first children. There were high fives. Um, but quickly after that it became an aggressive con- converging on that line for that beer and by the time I got in front it the vanilla bean was gone already so um, you know they have a following they it's good stuff everyone wanted it and uh, y- you've that's had what been happens. thinking about
2: this the the there's pros and cons to how they
1: they've done it this year, especially
2: compared to previous years. They had a lot more room to deal with on the grounds, and they spread things out. All your food wasn't in one place, causing a big glut. All the beer wasn't in one place, causing a big glut. They didn't do non-Dark Lord sales in the same building as they did Dark Lord sales, so they were you know they were pushing people through the machine. Um, that was a good thing. The bad thing is when you had these these long tables, especially at the guest tabs, is where I noticed it the most. There were no aisles in between. There was nothing to separate one line from another, and so right. you got a bunch of people standing there with their you know little glass snifters, waiting for the next cool thing to show up, and they weren't moving. It was, it was just like you know with a bunch of cattle with nobody to to push them along. So that that yeah. you know, as far as the pros and cons go, I think they have done a lot to make it more um, beer fest Fran friendly <laughs> if we can say it three times fast. Um, but they're still they still have a small, um, non-world domination attitude when it comes to just get them in the door and they're going to figure it out on their own. And that part I, am not real pleased with. Yeah.
0: Um, you so you've been a few times now, how many years have you gone now? Just two, just the two, but. Oh, I thought you went a few times more than that.
2: Night and day in between the two. Um, I went in 2011, was my first and, um, had a couple of opportunities and, and didn't, they didn't pan out. um, but it's, it's like going to two different places. The first one was completely on the grounds just of the brewery, from the corner of their parking lot to, um, to their back fence and their side fence. Um, it used to be a single line would um, go down around the back of the brewery and then emerge out the front of the brewery with your Dark Lord and, and all your other stuff, whatever you came to buy. Um, Now, like I said, they they do those um, sales in two different buildings, and they have a huge space on the side of this building that they run like a Disney line through, where you serpentine all the way through. Um, And there's a huge section in front that they kind of get you all into, and then they open up another section and push you all through that one. Uh, In the middle of it, I have to give them some credit, they put up a a food tent, and um, they had beer. Like yeah. right and
0: porta potties.
2: And porta potties. You're, right. You're right. <laughs> See, we, we got in the line right away. As soon as that gate opened, we were with one of the first, let's say, 50 people that were standing outside the, um, the gates. And so we got pushed in there. There was really no need to go, we had just gotten there an hour beforehand. Um, but I, I didn't make note of the fact that the Porter potties were there, and I thought that was pretty smart on their part. They were clutch when I got in line at 6.30 and was still there by 7.45. <laughs> well, and they weren't just serving junk beer in the middle of the line, either. Mm-hmm. They were actually popping Dark Lord. Mm-hmm. And I was like, whoa, really? <laughs> this is the stuff that everybody's, you know, freaking out about buying, and you're just putting it right out there in the line. Hey, I was, I was impressed with that. They could have just run Pride and Joy or, you know, one of their, their lower brands, but... Um, Between that and the time that we spent with with the folks in front of us and behind us, that was a big difference for me. When I went in 2011, I didn't have um, all the beer sherpas telling me, you know, make sure you bring some good stuff to share, bring a backpack, you know, bring some water, stay hydrated, Um, you know, all the good little tips that keep you from, you know, being face down on the lawn someplace. Not that I was face down on the lawn, but I didn't bring anything to share. And
0: I didn't know. I didn't see you after 5 o'clock, so I can't. (laughs) I saw a lot of people face down. Well, I, I
2: was talking about 2011 and oh. this year we got a ride home. I was good. Uh, very good boy. But um, in 2011, I didn't know to bring anything to share. We didn't, we weren't part of that culture. We were going to, um, we were going to stores and, and finding some stuff that was interesting, but I certainly wasn't um, palling around with people who talk craft beer all the time. So that was a, a big change. I made sure that I had a few things that were, you know, set mm-hmm. aside that, that we enjoyed. Um, I had two different kinds of Dark Lord from 2011, in fact the guy that I went with in 2011 brought his, one of his last two bottles, and he cracked it in line and then it was like a beer waterfall. Everywhere around us people were wanting to try that and in order to do that they were passing something over and so it was just a, an amazing little tasting in all of about 40 minutes and I think I tried 10 different beers, it was mm-hmm. it was pretty cool. Was How would great. you describe the, the Dark lore that you had there? I You know, I hate to say this. I, um, I argued with myself whether or not I should crack a 14 to come in and talk about it today, but um, I made the mistake in 2011 of either sharing the bottles right away or, or cracking them. And um, I'd had Dark Lord before. I'd had it in um, 9 and 10. And um, when you have it right away, there's a huge alcohol taste right off the top. It's jet fuel. Um, the, the 11 that we had... Um, just this last Saturday was amazing. I, I don't know what Scott does. He probably just throws them in his basement, doesn't care about it. But it was like it had been, you know, perfectly aged. It was so smooth, and there was no um, high-end alcohol taste. You were getting all the, you know, the berry notes and stuff um, underneath. It was just, it was so much richer than when I popped it the first time. So I made the decision I wasn't going to pop these right away. I was just going you know, to put them downstairs. I'm going to take a few and, and give them to folks that I promised them. But uh, and one I'm, I'm trading for a, a previous year. But I think it's, it's well worth um, – if you can get there and get through the anticipation of the line and all that, throw them in your basement, leave him for a year or two, and,
1: and see what happens to him.
0: What did you think, Ben? Have you tried yours yet? I, you know, I, I did. I cracked one last night. I, I, I went back and forth about it. I put them all in the back of my fridge when I got them, and I was like, all right, I'm not going to touch these for four years. But then I thought, <laughs> you know what? I spent all this time out there on Saturday. I'm going to go check it out. And I'm have to talk about it today on the podcast. I might as well at least have tried the stuff because I didn't get to try when I was actually there, so I opened it. And yeah, I mean, it was it was pretty pretty bold. Definitely a lot of alcohol, a lot of like uh, almost. I, I don't know what to say. Like it was it was a very strong on the on the front end, and it didn't seem like it had as much on the back end. Definitely needed some time to age to mellow. Um, have you guys had previous years? I have something? not had any. Before, so, so we're in a weird
2: position where I've yeah. tried the old stuff, <laughs> and you've tried the new stuff, and there was a recipe change which we didn't talk about. Coffee, yeah they 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 made a huge change in in the coffee that they used. They went from Intelligentsia to this this group. Mad Hatter. No right? dark, matter. Dark, matter. Dark, matter. Dark, matter. dark matter. Dark matter. There it is. Mad, Mad Hatter's a, brew. a beer. <laughs> yeah. Dark matter. Yes. Dark matter. Yeah. Um, in in a lot of people were talking about how that was going to be um, a big change, and. I, I hope it is. Um I'm looking forward to it, but I'm really trying to um to exercise some restraint.
0: <laughs> yeah. Big coffee, big chocolate for sure. I can't wait to see those notes kinda come out more. I'll definitely go back to it in maybe a year, I'm not sure. Charles what did you think? You tried one?
1: Yeah, I I've already uh uh recycled two bottles. Um <laughs> and uh I had one when I got home that night, uh with my buddy Billy who who went with me and um yeah, you know, I I really liked it. I if if it was ever on a shelf, I would not let it uh let it stay there. I would I would buy one. The fresh um, one. Yes, yeah. And I really liked it. You know, you had that warming high alcohol taste and I I sort of like that. Um I have no problem with that. And then um you know, it sweet, it was creamy. Um Yeah. It, it, I don't know if I've had a better uh, Imperial Stout. I I don't think I have. So um know yeah, I wouldn't ever turn down one of them I just wouldn't wait two hours for it yeah. again um, and and I think that's what I you know a question for all of us is uh, you know Ben would you do
0: it a second time rich a third time um, <laughs> you going back well I, I, I'm thinking about it I'm, I'm also wondering you did didn't you try an older one at the brewery at three Floyds
1: yeah I was lucky enough to be in a line that had the 2013 um, tap right as I was getting to the front and uh, you know I I guess my palate wasn't good enough to maybe to differentiate between the 13 and then the 14. Um, they were pretty similar to me, um, you know, very full-flavored, very chocolatey, very deep, very coffee-flavored. They Both high alcohol same dark jet black color. Um, I really wouldn't be able to differentiate the two if they were in front of me. Maybe the 11 versus the 14 would have been a, a bigger difference, but I couldn't tell you.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Um, to answer
2: your question I I definitely would and and I I would go back again based on the the really really good experience I had this year compared to the it wasn't such a bad experience in 2011 I just didn't realize what I was missing I didn't realize what what was being left out and um because they've spread things out and made it a little easier you're not um you're not bumping into people like sardines mm-hmm. um if you go there With with your expectations being, um, I'm coming to buy some beer, but I'm also coming to meet folks, try a a bunch of things, and uh, you just got to be laid back and not worry about the lines and and sort of you know prep yourself for that. Then you're really going to enjoy it. If if you think you're coming to um, to a festival like your you know your neighborhood festival where um, you're going to get through every line in five minutes, good luck. You're really going to you're not going to enjoy it.
1: Yeah, that would be my advice to anyone going for the first time is uh, take advantage of the beer sharing aspect of the event they they let you bring in as many beers as you want um people crack them and share them and pass them around and you know there's there's the music if you like death metal um and <laughs> which <laughs> that is, crowd does black, <laughs> that i mean this isn't this is
2: your father's you know, one 80s of those ba- glam metal
0: one of those bands had a saxophone though <laughs>
2: which they probably used to impale a lamb at the end.
0: (laughs) I didn't hear the saxophone.
1: But, um, you know, go there, hang out, sit under the tent, sit in the big open fields, share the beers, but um, bring some food in. You know, if I would just have treated the day differently. It was my first time, so I try to do it all. I try to taste and see and do everything. And when you do that, you're going to set yourself up to be a little disappointed. But, um, you know, go with the game plan. Know what you're getting into, and it's definitely worth doing at least once.
0: I think I would have enjoyed it a whole lot more if I had, if it had been warmer. The temperature really got to me, because especially because you guys, you were in earlier yeah, groups. I was gonna
2: say you came later, and so you've lost the sun at some point, didn't yeah.
0: you? Yeah. By the time I was, you know, I was there earlier in the day, and it was pretty cold and pretty windy, but the sun made it tolerable. But around the time I got in the two-hour line to buy the beer, the sun started going down, and it was really miserable. By the time I left there, it was 38 degrees and windy, and I I did not bring gloves, so my fingers were about to fall off. So I was pretty miserable Man, by that I, time I left. I can line. understand why you guys were grossing so much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rich and even Charles. Charles, you were out by 5 o'clock, right? Yeah,
1: I got there uh, just before noon Um and uh, was able to, you know, get around for a couple hours. I probably had my hands on the Dark Lord by about 5, and I left right after that. So um, maybe 12 to 5, a good 5 hours, and uh, never really had the weather be, uh, play an issue in, in my experience. Were you wearing, like, a heavy coat? Um, I sweat in 50-degree weather, <laughs> so, the, so the 38 degrees felt nice, I guess. Um, no, I, I was wearing... Um, You know, a jacket. Um, I think I was wearing uh, my Blackhawks winter cap as well, so that might have helped, and had a backpack, which um, maybe was warming too. Had a couple of beers, which helps. (laughs) And yeah, just um, got out of there before before the sun went down. Yeah, one of the things I like about Dark Lord Day is that it's not in the middle of the summer.
2: As good a time as I had this time, if you put this thing in August, you're never getting me to go. I'm not sitting out in the field with 8,000 of my closest friends who are all just, you know, oozing out beer out of their pores um and sweating and just being awful and miserable. It's it was a much better experience if it's if just a little chilly. That that works for me.
0: I could have I could have handled it being 20 degrees warmer. I would not mind 60 yeah, you're, you're 70 in degrees. you're a different case. Yeah. I, I don't I don't begrudge yeah. you having a, yeah. <laughs> a bad time. Yeah. The only the other thing also is the transportation. It's extremely difficult to get there. I mean, without or at least to justify Going there, or getting designated driver, and getting there in a way that's safe. Um, you know, I it's just the where it's located. It's not near public transportation. It's not near a train. You pretty much you rely on a shuttle bus um, or a friend to drive you there. I plan on taking the a shuttle bus from Reggie's, which is the classic punk, grungy dive bar in the South Loop. Um, but uh, we had some friends that went there earlier and said that it was packed and the distribution of uh, Wristbanding on the bus was bedlam, so we ended up having to get somebody to be DD at the last second, kind of on a whim, and it it didn't work out very well. Um, and obviously, if you're going to a, f- a beer festival, you want to be able to drink beer, especially mm-hmm. if you're dropping thirty dollars on a ticket and another sixty dollars on bottles. Yeah, um, it's it's difficult to do that. Um, if there was some more organized or better way of transportation, and Three Floyds, to their credit did send out an email to everybody saying, "Hey, we've organized these shuttle buses. You can get on them here." Mm-hmm. Um, You know that that 's a great way to do it. I just wish it was I just wish it was easier you know I went to goose Islands block party with charles actually last summer um which is in this in this in Chicago in the west loop and uh rode my bike down there. you can take the train there um, yeah, yeah, Cabs. yeah cabs took there were tons of bourbon counties on tap there, including um the cherry rye uh, vanilla backyard rye they had bourbon county rare there um at the time Charles I believe you told me you weren't a big stout guy have you, as yeah. your position turned on that
1: i've definitely come around and it part of my turn into stouts is um uh, was the fact that Guinness, I guess, is 125 calories a pint, which is among the lower uh, calorie beers, and I tried to lose a little weight a little bit. About so, a, that's about a tenth of Dark Lord, right? But but so you know, Guinness worked me into stouts. I'd, I'd never liked Guinness. I never drank stouts. You know, um, those weren't my go-to beers. But uh, Guinness sort of uh, hold, held my hand into the area, and then uh, now I got two more Dark Lords to go. <laughs> it's not a race. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. it's just different for each. So, um, last thing on my mind was the um, the weird sights at, at Dark Lord Day. There's, you know, definitely a different group of people. Um, the the art was like the true detective. Um, Ladoo guy on the wall with, you know, it's a, it's a strange crowd. No spoilers, right? Sorry. Um, so what stood out to me, and this is my last thought on the day that's sticking out in my head, is um, a man dropped one of his bottles of Dark Lord, and it shattered. And he was on his knees. He dropped
2: three of them, didn't
1: he? Yeah, he saved he, one. He had he a, a four pack carrier. The four pack oh. went down. He saved one and was um, no less cur- a tragedy. Yeah, don't it, get me wrong. It was treated as a tragedy. There were. I think there were tears that his head was in his hands. Um, Another individual, a Skokie 27-year-old that I interviewed quickly after, drank off of the pavement, um, asphalt-aged Dark Lord, and um, that was his first taste of the Dark Lord, and he said, it's Dark Lord, man you can't let that go to waste. Um, so Asphalt that that stood age. out to me. <laughs> Emphasis on the ass. I'm
2: sorry. <laughs> if, if I have to give you any advice on this is, um, if you haven't been there, go and act like you've been there before because there were people that were hooting and hollering and just, you know, falling sloppy drunk on themselves. And it's going to happen. It's going to happen when you're dealing with beers that are, you know, running from, from seven to 15 ABV. I mean, you know, you can only drink so much water and, and eat so many uh, sausages. But especially when it's a
1: two-hour line to get that water and sausage. Go ahead.
2: Sorry. Yeah, I know. No. <laughs> Sorry. Point taken. Point taken. But you, you have to come prepared, for, yeah. and and just realize that you know you can get yourself into trouble in a hurry at one of these things. So you go and enjoy yourself, and, and have kind of a game plan of what you want to do.
0: And whatever you do, don't don't drop your four pack. <laughs> <laughs> That's just wrong. All right, Paul. Would you go back again? Next year, two years, five years? Not next year.
2: Yeah, I think I would. In fact, there are th- things I figured out this time that I didn't know from the first time. Like, um, come early, well before your buy time, especially if you don't have the first buy time. And if you want to get your hands on some older Dark Lord, make a beeline for the, um, for the beer sales that are the non-year-of beer sales. And they've got it in there. They had three different years vintage of Dark Lord that were all anywhere from five to, I think, $15 over the f- normal $15 price. Hmm. If I'd have known that, I wouldn't have waited until right before oh, we the warehouse. in
1: the warehouse, not even the cores, the, the, the actual bottles. Wow. In the
2: warehouse, you, people were walking out with 10, 11, and 12. Or, no, I'm sorry, 11, 12, and 13.
1: Right, well, I'll give you some money for your next trip next year. <laughs> <laughs> I'll gladly take it.
2: Oh, the only problem, though, is you can only get one apiece, so it depends on who I go with.
0: Yeah. I think I'd go back, depending on what the weather is like when tickets go on sale. Obviously, mm-hmm. this year's winter was not exactly a good omen for what the weather would be like in April, so if I had been smart, I would have thought, eh. Ooh, or, at guess, like, though. it's, or, it's or at least I would have... eight
2: degrees today, and it's the first of May. <laughs> it should not have been as cold as it was. Yeah.
0: At least I would have layered up. I don't know. I, yeah. I think that was my problem. I thought that, I thought the sun would make it uh, make a bigger difference than it did. Plus, it had been like seventy degrees the day before, which tricked me a little bit. So,
2: oh, my other suggestion: wear sunscreen. I didn't, <laughs> and I'm paying for it. Is where I think a lot of people, as I, I saw in the tweeting, um, yeah. sunburn apparently was big on the post DLD fourteen hashtag list.
0: Mm. Yeah, I had that head issue as well. <laughs> <laughs> we well, got a few extra solar panels there, Charles. All right. Um, anything else you guys want to hit on? No, I'm thirsty now, though. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> it's lunchtime, time, right? Um, anyway, thanks for joining us on Sometimes Media Locals Over the Barrel. I'm Ben Meyerson. I'm Charles Berman. I'm Rich Bird. And please come back. Uh, you can find us on
1: iTunes, Facebook, Twitter, Suntimes.com, and all of our suburban properties.
0: Um, there's a lot. Of, this is our fifth episode, and there's a lot to listen to. Yeah, SoundCloud as well. Have a great one, guys. Thanks.